Thanks for downloading a 3CR podcast. 3CR is an independent community radio station based in Melbourne, Australia. We need your financial support to keep going. Go to www.3cr.org.au for more information and to donate online. Now stay tuned for your 3CR podcast. Thanks for downloading a 3CR podcast. 3CR is an independent community radio station based in Melbourne, Australia. We need your financial support to keep going. Go to www.3cr.org.au for more information and to donate online. Now stay tuned for your 3CR podcast. Housing for the Aged Action Group, Hague for short, a housing group for older people run by older people. Present Raise the Roof every fourth Wednesday of the month. We advocate for affordable, secure and appropriate housing. So listen up every fourth Wednesday from 6 to 6.30 on 3CR 855 on your AM dial. Welcome to the Hag Show for May. My name's Shane from Housing for the Aged Action Group. Uh, I'd like to start by acknowledging the traditional owners of the land we're broadcasting from, the Wurundjeri people of the Kulin Nation, uh, and pay my respects to the elders. Sovereignty has never been ceded, and it's particularly important to reflect on that today, as it's the anniversary of the 1967 referendum uh, to remove discriminatory clauses about Aboriginal people from the Constitution. Uh, and, you know, obviously today we still see tremendous attacks on Aboriginal people and tremendous resi- resistance to those attacks, uh, particularly, you know, the attempts by the Western Australian Government to close communities in WA. Uh, today we were supposed to have a guest, uh, somebody from the Public Tenants Union of Victoria, uh, a group that existed through the 90s, I think, uh, to talk to us about that history. Uh, unfortunately, she has not been able to be with us tonight. I lined up another guest, uh, one of my co-workers, Tegan, also from HAG, who's going to come in and talk to us about some of the work that she's been doing uh, at the last minute she had to pull out. What that means is you're going to be hearing a lot of my voice tonight. We're going to be talking about uh, a range of things, uh, all kinds of issues around housing for older people and housing in Victoria in general. Uh, but get ready for me to be ranting a fair bit because, unfortunately, those guests will have to join us for future episodes rather than today. Now... One piece of good news that I do get to share with you today, uh, I've been talking a lot over the last you know, several months of this show about HAG's ongoing struggle to secure funding for its Home at Last service. Uh, finally, on budget day this year, we found out that the Home at Last service, which has assisted hundreds and hundreds of older Victorians to find suitable, long-term, affordable rental, secure rental where they can live for the rest of their lives or as long as they want to stay there, uh, that program has secured funding for the next four years Four years is uh, you know, an eternity in the community sector, so we're extremely happy about that. We're grateful to the state government, in particular to Housing Minister Martin Foley for his support. Uh, but most of all, I personally am grateful to you, to the, to the members of HAG, the listeners, the supporters, all of the people who've, who've contributed to that campaign. You've been tremendous writing, you know, signing the online petition, sending postcards to the minister, calling the minister's office. Uh, I know that none of this would have happened without your support. Uh, and really, again, what we're reminded of is that these sorts of services like Home at Last, organisations like HAG, the rights and entitlements that all of us have, none of these things happen without struggle and without collective organisation. That's what the purpose of HAG is. We're happy to keep up that tradition. We're happy to keep it going. We had a party last Friday for our members and supporters. Uh, we had a lot of people turn up, 
drink some champagne, raise a glass, celebrate the ongoing existence of the Home at Last service and all the good that it's going to be able to do for people. I'm very excited about that. And our only thing in these circumstances really to do is to play... All right, we're back now. Uh, thanks very much for, for tuning in. If you're having some trouble hearing me before, we've had some technical difficulties, but those are resolved now. So hopefully you'll be able to hear me properly for the rest of the show. Uh, that was cool in the game with celebrations. Obviously, we're talking about the fact that HAG has been refunded for its home at last service for the next four years. And that means that hundreds and hundreds more uh, older Victorians will be able to secure affordable, long-term, stable, secure accommodation. Uh, not all of the news in the state budget was so good. Uh, less than 60 new public housing properties over the next year. Less than 60. There are 34,000 people on the public housing waiting list at the moment. The government's going to build 60 new houses. It's not really uh, good enough. 371 social housing properties. Uh, Hag is very much of the view that social housing is an important, uh, important step towards housing affordability, but public housing is what really matters, what's really important, and the shift away from public housing and towards social housing is really not something that we support or endorse. Uh, we think that's, that's a negative tendency, and sometime in the future we'll, do, we'll probably try and dedicate a whole show to why it is so important to think about public housing and not just social housing. Just two weeks before the budget, this is just to give you some context for that decision to only build 60 new public housing properties over the next year. Just two weeks before the budget, the Age reported that Melbourne property prices are at an all-time high, the highest they have ever been. Uh, and at the start of May, so again, just a couple of weeks before, oh, sorry, when was the budget? Late April, maybe. Can't even remember when the budget was anymore. Uh, Anyway, Anglicare does an annual rental affordability snapshot where they look at the prices of rental properties all across Australia over a particular weekend. Um, what they found was that on the weekend they did the survey, there were only 10 private rental properties in the whole of Australia that would be affordable or that wouldn't cause rental stress for a single person on Newstart. Anglic the CEO of Anglicare said, uh, was quoted as saying, only one property in our capital cities. Not one in each, but one in all capital cities was affordable for someone on the dole. That is a shameful situation. That's the context in which the government of Victoria is saying 60, 60 new public housing properties. That should reduce the, the public housing waiting list down to about what? 33,900. Uh, it's, it's not much of a change. Treasurer Tim Pallas, State Treasurer Tim Pallas, in his post-budget speech says that he hopes to put... Uh, housing affordability on the agenda in the future, what we would say to him is that it's not a matter for the future. It's a matter for n for now, for today. There are right now, as, as I'm speaking to you, as you're listening, there are older people in Victoria who are, you know, who are freezing because they can't afford to, to pay a heating bill as well as the rent, as well as food costs. That is, that is not acceptable in a, in an economy like ours, in a country like ours, in a state like ours. We need affordable housing now. And, you know, Joe Hockey has these these graphs that purport to show how much the average taxpayer is giving to someone on income support. But really what we're talking about is taxpayer money like unemployment benefits being handed over wholesale to private landlords and rooming house operators. I don't know about you, but I personally would much rather that my taxes went to someone who is on income support in public housing, where their rent is only 25% of their income, so they still have money for at least the, the basic necessities, and the rent that they're paying goes back into providing affordable housing for people. Instead, you know, the, the Selvos today came out with a report that on average the people who use their service pay 59% of their income for accommodation, uh, and 
you know, by far the majority of those people are on income support. So basically, more than half of dole payments are going straight to private landlords. And nobody, you know, we don't hear any politicians complaining about landlords being the leaners, landlords being parasites on taxpayers. It's always unwaged workers who are copying the blame. You know, even as Tony Abbott is out there spruiking up the opportunity for businesses to use unwaged workers as free trial labour at the government's expense. But no, we're not complaining about landlords. We're not complaining about dodgy rooming house operators. We're complaining about unwaged workers. And that is particularly an uh, important issue for older workers who face such severe discrimination in the, in the labour force in, in looking for employment. Uh, just climb down off my high horse for a sec. Uh, in other hag news, other older person's housing news, Consumer Affairs Victoria has launched a campaign to raise awareness about issues in retirement housing. Uh, check out their website, which is consumer .vic.gov.au for sorry forward slash retire that's consumer.vic.gov.au forward slash retire for a lot of information about what you need to know before you move into a retirement village uh, including a video interview with two hag members Daisy and Helen talking about their own experiences in retirement housing if you need more information about retirement villages, you're thinking about signing a contract for a village, anything like that, Hag has a retirement housing worker named Shani, who I honestly think is one of the most knowledgeable people in the state about that kind of housing. Definitely the most knowledgeable person who's on the sides of the residents when it comes to that sort of housing. Uh, she'd love to have a chat with you. You can give her a call, uh, 96547389, and I'll give you that number again at the end of the show, just in case you missed it. Now look, normally on every episode of this show, we have we talk about a bad landlord of the month. This month, well, let, let me just take a step back. So a couple of months back, I don't know, two or three months ago, I had a co-worker named Fanula, uh, who unfortunately is left hag now. She was on the show with me. And after we talked about the bad landlord of the month, she said to me, Shane, do you ever have a good landlord of the month? And I laughed in her face because a good landlord, who's, who's even heard of such a thing? I hate landlords. I hate real estate agents. That's what makes me, what, what brings me here, really. Uh, but, you know, or may, maybe, you know, I thought about it. Maybe I was being too harsh on landlords. They've got it rough. All they want is to, for you to keep paying their mortgages, to keep getting their tax deductions for negative gearing, and then to turf you out whenever it suits them. Maybe I've been too rough on the old landlords. So that's what we're going to dedicate a song now. We're going to go with a song for all the landlords who are listening. Uh, this is a, an old classic. It's by Bob Hill. Uh, and this... That was Bob Hill with Pity the Downtrodden Landlord. We're going to be talking a lot about landlords over the next oh, 15 minutes or so. Uh, and, you know, Fanula, so Fanula, like I was saying, asked me, why is there never a good landlord? And the reason why we never talk about the good landlord of the month is because they all think that they're the good landlord. Let me tell you a story. So... Uh, this is this is about a tenant who I've been assisting for some time now. I'm going to call the tenant Kelly, and we'll call the landlord Bob. Uh, now, Kelly, just to contextualise it, has a, a significant intellectual disability. Uh, she's been on a disability support pension for for quite some time. Uh, so I don't know, six months ago or so, uh, somebody broke her front window. It wasn't her. It wasn't any of the tenants. It was just a broken front window. So, of course, she needed the landlord to fix that. She called up the landlord, called up the landlord, called up the landlord. Finally, the landlord turns up himself to do the repairs. Not a glazier, but, you know, he'll give it a whack. And what he does is he tapes a piece of plastic over the hole in the, the window in the front room, the front of the house. So, as you can imagine, Kelly wasn't really satisfied with that, didn't really think it was an adequate repair. 
so she applied to the tribunal for an order that the landlord had to do it. It was a, an urgent repair. Something like that is considered urgent. There was a hearing pretty quickly. And on the same day that they were in the tribunal for the urgent repairs order, the landlord sent her a notice to vacate for no reason. Now, she got her order that the landlord had to fix the window. And then we were all back in VCAT just a few weeks later uh, because... In Victorian law, a landlord's... I think I've told you part of this story before. We're just going to go through the whole thing this time. In Victoria, your landlord normally can give you 120 days notice to vacate for no reason, but they're not allowed to do that in retaliation because you've exercised your rights as a tenant. So we were back in the tribunal not long after she got her urgent repairs order to say, well, no, the reason the landlord's given this notice uh, is because uh, the tenant's asked for repairs, that that's not allowed, and so this notice should be knocked out. Uh, now, ordinarily, it's very hard for a tenant to prove to the tribunal that the reason the landlord's given this notice is because they've asked for, for repairs or exercised their rights in whatever way. In this case, it was literally the same day. You know, if the landlord had just had the common sense to give it a week or something, he probably would have got away with it. Uh, but this landlord certainly is not not blessed with an abundance of common sense. So he went to the hearing to talk about the, the connection between the repairs and the notice to vacate. And he... Not only did he not accept there was anything wrong with this, he boasted to the tribunal about what a great job he'd done when he went there to tape a piece of plastic across the hole in the window. And uh, the tribunal member just looked down at him, peered at him from the, from the bench at the front of the room and said, Sir, are you a qualified glazier? And he said, No. And I said, Well, it's, it's not really appropriate to treat your rental property as your hobby. But this landlord, you know, he didn't think he was doing anything wrong. Uh, you know, he told the tribunal that he had nine properties. He owns nine investment properties. There's no problems in any of the others. And it's just this one prob- property that he has problems with. So essentially what he's saying is the first time any of his tenants tried to assert their rights in any way, he tried to kick them out. Anyway, we were successful at that hearing. Uh, the tribunal agreed because it was undeniable that the landlord had illegally tried to evict those tenants because they, they, they exercised their right to look for repairs. And everything seemed to be all right for a little while. But, you know, you know the kind of house we're talking about. You know, that it's pretty run down. The landlord doesn't really want to do any of the repairs. So a few months later, there was a problem with the stove uh, and a gas leak, which, again, obviously is quite serious. We're talking about a gas leak. The tenants call up the landlord. The landlord goes out himself to look at it. He's not a gas plumber either. He's not in any way qualified to deal with these things. He goes out to have a look at the property. He looks at the stove and he says, oh, that's just some food scraps. Just clean it up. So he goes away. There's still a gas leak. So I went out there. I had a look at it. I helped the tenant, uh, helped Kelly to make another VCAT application for urgent repairs. And... Once they got the application for urgent repairs, in, in fairness, the landlord did send out a qualified tradesperson uh, who replaced the stove because it was so old it had to be replaced. It could not be fixed. However, at the same time, the landlord sent another notice to vacate. So exact same, same pattern, application for urgent repairs, immediately the landlord responds with a notice to vacate. Now, this time, he'd learned a little from the fiasco of the first time. He understood that he couldn't give them a notice to vacate for no reason. So this time he gave one of the notices to vacate that's allowed under Victorian law, and that was 60 days notice to vacate to demolish the property. He said he was going to demolish it. Unfortunately, in Victorian law, again, a landlord is allowed to retaliate uh, by evicting you for exercising your rights 
if they want to demolish, if they want to sell the property, if they're going to if they're going to do something, if they've got a if there's a plan for the property just to do renovations even, they can kick you out for that even if it's because you've exercised your rights. So it was a little bit of a more precarious position for the tenants this time. However, to give the notice to vacate for demolition, what the landlord has to do first uh, is get a demolition permit from the council. And he hadn't done that. Uh, hadn't bothered, hadn't thought about it. Oh, when I talked to him about it, he said, "Ah, what do you mean? They just they just give you out those. They give them out like candy. I, I was just gonna, I was just gonna get us later like, on." He didn't think about that, didn't care. So we went back to the tribunal uh, again for an order that the notice to vacate was not valid. And again, we got the order that the notice to vacate was not valid. So this is a landlord who's twice now illegally tried to evict an intellectually disabled pensioner. Uh, from a from a rundown property because he doesn't want to deal with the cost of having to do repairs. When we get outside the tribunal, he has he comes over to speak to me and has an absolute tantrum. And look, in my job, I go to the tribunal quite often, and it's nice to win, but it's a joy to, to really anger a landlord, to provoke this sort of pathetic, uh, childish tantrum from them. He's, he's just complaining to me. He says that, you know, he went over to try and do repairs. What he means is he went over to, to, you know, bodge up some more repairs improperly because he has no idea how to do even basic handyman work. He went over to do the repairs and Kelly told him to get out and complained that he was trying to kick Kelly out. And the landlord, when he was speaking to me, was very aggrieved and said, I'm not trying to kick, it, kick her out. And I said, well, well, Actually, when you give someone a notice to vacate, that's what you're doing. You are kicking them out. Uh, but, I mean, I don't even think that he, you know, I don't think he was lying. It just doesn't even occur to these landlords that, w- that we're talking about people and an eviction is actually a process of making someone homeless, of kicking them out of their home. To the landlord, it's just an investment decision. It's got nothing to do with human beings. So this, this, this guy, this landlord, complaining to me about how it's all unfair, he says he's just concerned for her welfare, for the tenant's welfare. Uh, ever since I started doing this sort of work where I go to the tribunal uh, to help tenants, one thing that's been really striking and surprising to me is that every single time you go to the tribunal for an eviction, the landlord or the real estate agent always has some sort of explanation about why the eviction is is favourable for the tenants. Why they're doing it for the tenants? It's for the tenants' own good that they're kicking them out. Uh, he, he he started to explain. He said, "Look, I'm worried about her. It's a it's a very old, very rundown property. She could have some kind of an accident, and then I'd be liable for it." I want to say, mate, when you're concerned that you might be liable for something, you're not actually concerned about her welfare. You're concerned still about your hip pocket. This guy, he's a clown. I can't believe him, but. He's not the only one. He thinks he's doing the right thing. It's his property. He should be able to turf him out whenever he wants. What, what is this crazy idea that he's got to do it legally, that he's, got to, that he's got to actually be entitled to possession of the property before he can evict the tenants? All the landlords think that they're one of the good ones. In that hearing, the most recent one that I was just talking about, his real estate agent stood up on oath in front of the tribunal and said, oh, well, I gave him the notice. I even gave them a little bit of extra time because I was concerned about them. The, the minimum legally required amount of time in that case was 60 days. The amount of time on the notice to vacate that they got from this landlord was 63 days. So uh, very thankful to that real estate agency. I won't name them for some, some reason I don't really understand. Uh, very grateful for those extra three days. But, uh, you know, it doesn't really help a lot. Uh, all, 
you know, we, we see this all the time. All of the landlords think they're doing the right thing. They think they're great. When they look at, uh, you know, the law and it says, you know, if this is the reason why you're erecting someone, you've got to give them 60 days notice. They think it's incredibly generous of themselves to be giving the 60 days notice. They never seem to understand that that's a minimum. You know, you say, well, they haven't been able to find a place yet. He said, well, what do you mean? I gave them the 60 days. You know, it, it reminds me a little bit of uh, there's a Chris Rock routine about the minimum wage. Uh, he's a comedian from the States, if you don't know him. And he says, you know, if you're being paid the minimum wage, your boss is basically saying, I would like to pay you less, but that's illegal. And that's what's happening when your landlord gives you the minimum 60 days or the minimum 120 days, whatever it is. But they still convince themselves that they're, they're in the right. I spoke to another landlord recently. They had a very long-term tenant who they were now evicting. Uh, I can't remember the exact circumstances, but the the landlord was calling up because she was very worried that the property wouldn't be clean to her satisfaction when the tenant handed the keys back. This tenant has been paying off this landlord's mortgage for, I don't know, 15 or 20 years, a very long time. And now she's calling up, complaining, complaining that the house might not be clean enough for her. And she's so put upon when she tells me this. You know, she's saying to me, haven't I been good to her? good to her, you've been taking her money for 15 years, and now you're evicting her. And when I say that to her, well, yeah, you know, you've, you may, maybe you've been good to her, maybe you haven't, but you're kicking her out of the house, you've given her a notice to vacate, the landlord just straight up says to me, no, I haven't. No, she, you, you actually have. They're so, I'm just, I'm repeating myself now, but they're so detached from the reality that when you give someone a notice to vacate, you are evicting them, you're driving them out of their home. You're potentially, and in some cases almost certainly, making them homeless. But these these things just don't register for most landlords in Victoria. Now, that, that was a pretty good rant. I feel like I've discharged some angst. Rumination. 3CR's Rooming House and Homeless Persons Issues Program. Featuring information on health and housing services as well as live local guests, artists and performers from our unsung community. Join us at 12pm on Thursday on 3CR 855 AM. Guys, uh, I'm pretty much out of time. I had so much more ranting ahead of me, but I will have to save that for another time. Look, uh... Most importantly, if you're an older person, uh, and generally for us that means if you're over 55, if you're in Victoria, you're in private rental and you're not happy, uh, you can't afford the rent, the rent's going up, you can't get repairs done, getting evicted, you're just worried about your future, whatever it may be, please give us a call at HAG. We'll talk to you about what we can do for you or just give you some information to help you with planning and thinking about what there is, you know, what there is out there for you and how to prepare, how to plan, what, what's next for you. Uh, two numbers you can call us on. General intake line, if you're concerned about your own situation, is 1300 765 178. If you want to talk to Shani, who's the retirement retirement housing worker who I mentioned earlier, uh, her number is 96547389. It's 96547389. We're all in the same office, so you can pretty much call either of those numbers and we'll put you through to whoever it is that you need to speak to. Um, Thanks very much for listening. I'll be back next month. Uh, hopefully it won't just be me, so there'll be someone, some other happy voice to break up the, the monotony of my ranting. Uh, going to leave you with one more song. Uh, this is a little change of pace. We're going to hear from Ray Charles with I Can't Stop Loving You. I can't stop loving you.
Stop me.